The ban on entry for people coming from seven Muslim-majority countries, as well as all refugees, for at least three months, and for Syrians indefinitely, posed a test for how to go forward with a Trump White House. The people rose to the challenge in large numbers, surrounding airports across the country and taking to the streets in resistance. Lawyers mobilized to defend individuals trapped by the order as their organizations used every legal lever available to fight it on the large scale. Independent reporters dug in. Among many examples, The Intercept reported an immigration official's tale of how visas were being revoked in violation of international law, even in advance of the order, and a State Department employee's account of staff being kept in the dark. A piece by Ash McGovern at Rewire called out the largely overlooked malignity of the order's pretense of concern about admitting, quote, those who engage in acts of bigotry and hatred or those who would oppress members of one race, one gender or one sexual orientation, close quote. We have to be wary of such attempts to pit some communities' justice interests against others, they note, especially when the White House has no intent in furthering the rights of any of them. For some corporate media, though, old ways were in effect. CNN, for instance, uncritically adopted the White House label for Muslim nations caught in its ban, terror-prone countries. On at least three occasions, the network used the term without scare quotes or explicit reference to the Trump administration talking points, taking on the demonstrably incorrect and pejorative phrase as an objective descriptor. As several outlets have noted, since at least 1975, nationals from the countries Trump is banning entry from have killed zero Americans in terror attacks. For CNN to treat the ban as a rational response to a realistic danger makes no sense, but smearing entire countries as terror-prone will put immigrants from those countries at risk at a time when xenophobic hate crimes are on the rise. The New York Times ran an edition of its The Interpreter column that addressed the ban's legality. Columnist Amanda Taub and Max Fisher's conclusion, quote, The president has broad legal authority to restrict immigration. Under the Immigration and Nationality Act, he can restrict any class of aliens he deems detrimental to the interests of the United States without needing legislation or congressional approval, close quote. That's certainly not the conclusion of UC Irvine law professor and constitutional scholar Erwin Chemerinsky. His op-ed in the L.A. Times stated flatly, it's illegal to bar individuals from entering the country based on nationality. As for the act cited by the Times interpreter, Chemerinsky says Trump supporters point to that without noting that it was superseded by a 1965 statute. In fact, an earlier op-ed in the New York Times had included much the same thing, making one suspect that the paper thinks a judgment that the president is breaking the law needs to be labeled opinion. While neutral journalism says things like, the president has broad legal authority to restrict immigration. If the interpreter was a Timesian letdown, the ethicist was a poke in the eye. 
Just as many Americans searched their consciences for how to respond to this act of overt discrimination by the government, a reader wrote to the Times' moral advice column to ask what they should do about an acquaintance who admitted to them that she had married a U.S. citizen only in order to get U.S. citizenship. The response of ethicist writer Kwame Anthony Appiah, he told the writer that they weren't obligated to report what you know, but, quote, it would be a good thing if you did, close quote. And he recommended an immigration and customs enforcement website that takes anonymous tips. Appia is himself an immigrant and had an argument about people unfairly jumping the queue, but it's impossible to sever this advice from the moment in which it's being offered. The same would apply, wouldn't it, to the estimated 11 million undocumented immigrants living in the U.S. whom Trump has threatened to deport. Has your neighbor admitted to you that they don't have a green card? Or maybe you just suspect it. Why not anonymously report them to Homeland Security? The paper of record says it's a good thing to do, making it more crucial than ever to remember that you need not believe everything you read.